Live brunch. We are live. <laughs> Welcome to another episode of Live Brunch. Live brunch. Live brunch. Yes, Hi. welcome to another episode of Live Brunch. Welcome. Who, which camera are we looking at? We, ha I don't know. We have an interesting hat situation going on. Yeah, yeah, we've swapped hats. I'm in a rather oversized hat for me. Yeah. You've got a pretty cool hat. It's funny, my head is definitely... But the, the big size of the hat suits you. You look good in it. Do I? You do, you totally look good. Thanks, I'll, I'll leave it to the viewers to say whether I look good in this one, but it is important. Because... Drop in the comments yeah. whose hat looks better. Okay. Who's done... wearing the hat better? Yeah, that's right. it. you're allowed to say, but uh, that's that's all we're going to say about that because there's no banter to this one. We get straight Let's in. Let's get straight we? into it. Let's Mate, straight. so you've just preached uh, on one of the most, I think one of the, not the most, but a very bizarre story yeah. in the Old Testament yes. during, the period, during the Exodus. There are more bizarre stories. <laughs> yes, but this is this is up there. It's probably top five. <laughs> it's, uh, no, no. Judah and Tamar is another one? Yeah, we could, anyway. I think I'd love to do a whole session on the most bizarre stories. I think we could fill Our a few hours. next sermon series yeah. on the most bizarre <laughs> yeah, bits of idea. the Bible. Let's do that. But, but these people go from having uh, the, pillar, the, the cloud and the fire. Is that, yes. It's with them, and, and they can see clearly some presence of God. Yeah. And then there's God descent on the on the mountain where Moses is up with them. Yes. And then they start having orgies and worshiping a golden cow. cow. Yes. What's that all about? So you're saying you've never done that? <laughs> I think I think I've my, never been in an orgy the, the, or worshipped okay, a golden cow. <laughs> Thanks, Johan. The the main message of today is that Johan has never done those things. <laughs> I I think I think um, the key thing to take away is that we don't um, we don't act according to reason as much as we think we do um and, and that's a big part of the answer so i gave three answers really yeah we you know our hearts we're led by our hearts and our and then secondly our hearts lead our minds so often the way that our often the way that our worship and our, our desires and our yearnings go is in ways that on in the cold light of day look irrational yes um, but that's that's part of the thing. So Romans chapter one makes a huge point of this, where Paul writes to the church in Rome. And he says, um, uh, that claiming to be wise, our hearts uh, uh, we become fools. Our, our 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 hearts are darkened. You know, it's like we, we the, the lights go down, the dimmer switch comes on, um, and, it, and it affects our, our even our reason. And worship and thinking are totally linked. So, so it's interesting, Romans chapter 1, you know, Romans is a very important book, and we'll get into it, and we're planning to get into Romans next year, that's a, that's a newsflash, just, just, just for those of you out there who love, love your Bible, we're going to go through Romans at some stage in the near future, so God willing, that's the plan. But Romans chapter 1 is, a, is a, one of the most important things ever written, because it's like the diagnosis of humankind from God's perspective, and, and what it does is it, is it links worship with thinking, because it's saying our, our, those who turn to idols they become less effective they become less intelligent it's a strange thing for us to imagine as our modern 21st century where we think that we're more intelligent because we have test tubes and smartphones and bombs but in the in the the, the bible it's saying the further you go from god the more unwise you become and that's why in chapter uh, 12 where where paul talks about how uh, kind of worship is being restored to the heart it says you know as as your act of worship he describes it as your reasonable act of worship. Coming back into relationship with God means that we are not just more spiritual, but more reasonable, and uh, our minds get renewed. Mm. So that's a big part of why things like the golden calf story are so peculiar. I guess one of the big the, quest, the question I want to start off with is, um, 
I remember talking to somebody really close to me and we were talking about Christianity and why she turned her back uh, on God and, and, and those sort of, of, of conversations. And she said one of the big problems that she had with, with God was that he hadn't, if he just appeared mm. now, in all his majesty and his in all his splendor yes. with YouTube live on him and Instagram live on him and him yeah. just being all over the internet yes. or just appearing big in in the sky um, everybody would worship hmm. everybody would be everybody would acknowledge that he is real hmm. and there would be no doubt about his existence hmm. and about his splendor why doesn't he do that now yeah i mean the the, key, the, the simplest answer is again from the same place in the bible actually or the, the way it, in romans it talks about a lot of these things quite explicitly they're all over the bible but romans kind of some romans is a bit like the espresso of the bible it's kind of so much clear teaching and it, it just says you know we there's what the bible calls suppression of the truth that's what paul says we we suppress the truth in unrighteousness there's a willful suppression which is so effective that we wouldn't even realize we do it so it's it, the, the story we tend to give is is that we we are almost like the victims of um, feeble information. Um, that that God is not a very good communicator. You know, he needs a better PR firm to get the get the branding done and get the message out because he's, he's got, just get the message out, baby. Because you just you just got a really tiny slice of the market and you need to you know, just put it up several notches. The Bible says the opposite. The Bible says you know, that what God these things are plain what what who god is and what he's like and is is actually very clear from creation from he's communicating all the time and you go back to places like psalm 19 where it says the the heavens declare the glory of the lord <laughs> every day you wake up you know every day you you see a sunrise that's that is the the creation doing god's pr it's always coming but there's a suppression that goes on here. There's a willful suppression in the human heart, which is rebellious. So there's much more to say, mm. and, I, and I think we need to be sympathetic. When people say it feels like God is far away, that is a real thing. Mm. He is the God who hides himself in a sense, and that, that's a big issue. We need to help people and talk that through and not just say, well, you're just not listening to him. But nevertheless, the ultimate picture is that what we need to know about God is plain. And it's, it's something that we hold in suppression because we're not comfortable around him. I've been reading uh, C.S. Lewis's um, Space Trilogy, which mm. are three phenomenal books. Yeah, wow. And listening to a, a podcast on it the other day where it talks about how, because we've tried to get so reductionist yeah. and in some ways so scientific about what we base our decisions on yes. and our opinions are... If I can see it and if I can taste it and if I can touch it, yeah. then it's real. If we can conduct a whole bunch of experiments, yes. then it's real. And we neglect it, but that doesn't explain everything in life. No, Love and it's not, it's not even scientific, is it? It's, it's scientistic. Scientific. Yeah, it's it's we people that say all that's scientific, but it's it's science science itself uh, when it's done properly will make way more space for, for for forms of knowledge and knowing things than just through you know laboratorial. Uh, experimentation it, 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 there's all kinds of ways to know and understand things besides that kind of knowledge yeah uh, it's scientism that makes it into a kind of religion that says mm -hmm. thou shalt know nothing except what we can prove you know through our positive uh, systems of science he was talking about so in c.s lewis's books he talks about space and 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 going to venus and going to mars and exploring what well, he says that there's life on those planets and what those what those 
what the, that life could look like. And I guess when we look at some of the modern day movies on space, Gravity and yeah, yeah, and those films, space is quite dark and yeah, dead yeah, yeah. and scary. Yeah, yeah, and yeah, there, yes, right. there's, a, there's a fascination with it, but there's also like a fear that that's yes. surrounds yeah. travel yeah. into space. And are we limiting our, our appreciation of who God is? By doing that, are we, are I, we I reckon we are. dulling I mean, a, down our imagination? Totally. It's an interesting avenue to go down. We don't normally talk about this stuff on Life Brunch. No. I, I enjoy this. So, <laughs> do you know that the word space is never used of out there until the 17th century? It wasn't until John Milton used that word, the poet, about space. that Up, up until then, for most of, of human history, the word, the heavens... The heavens, which is a much happier, <laughs> much more full word. You know, the heavens declare the glory of the Lord and the, the Lord is in the heavens. And, and now we have this cold word, space. It's kind of totally kind of acrid, dry, empty word that doesn't communicate any life or any joy. And it's not a question of whether there's Martians. That's not the point. It's, not, it's, it's about whether there's a, 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 something lively about creation that God, God is always communicating. You know, that there's, the stars sing, you know, that the creation sings. Everything that around us is a way of God expressing himself. But our imaginations are really narrow and tiny and we, we shrink it down to nothing. So how would, what would you say are some good ways for us to cultivate worship in our hearts and us being enamored by who God is and us being drawn to him? You know, what would you say, what are some disciplines or what are some things that we could do to, I guess, cultivate um, a deeper longing for God, which is worship? Yeah, that's a wonderful question. See, ultimately, it is looking. It's looking to see. And uh, uh, that's what, you know, we, we dwelt on in the last section of this message today. Uh, it's, it's those who've seen the Lord, seen his glory. The problem with these calf worshippers, these cow worshippers in Exodus 32, is that their imaginations, that what they'd seen was limited. They hadn't, they hadn't really beheld the Lord. And, and so anything that helps us to see the goodness of God... And the way he's most clearly uh, shown himself is in his son. And so, I, I, you know, I, I, my mind goes straight to songs. And we sang this morning, after this message, uh, here I am to worship, here I am to bow down, here I am to say that you're my God, you're altogether lovely, altogether worthy, altogether wonderful. That's written by a guy who has clearly... He's overwhelmed. I know the guy who wrote it. It's a, it's a, it's, there's a beautiful sense in which this guy is just he spent some time considering the the, the loveliness of, of who god is and you, the, it's a very simple song apparently it is now the song in the universe the world <laughs> that has the most royalties i think happy birthday is the only song that has greater royalties than that so so i you know I that was the mariah carey's christmas song maybe it is by now i don't know but the last thing this is a few years ago maybe out of date now i mean i'm hoping to beat it with my songs about um plants and things i've got some hats. great numbers hats, some yeah. hats. but there's a um there, there, there's something about you know t taking time to behold to contemplate and we we are creatures of contemplation we are we are creatures of imagination what we give our minds to is very important and what we tend to do by accident perhaps foolishly is we 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 see worship as a, an, a sort of a, a ritual an act that takes a takes a scheduled place in our week so I go and do a worship time. I go to worship once a week for an hour or so. Um, when, when, when the rest of the time, our imagination is taken up with Marvel films or pasta or 
you know, <laughs> I don't know, decent decent craft beers, or or, or uh, the the girl that we're desperate with to, will notice us next time at the office or whatever. You know, it's just mm. our minds go places, and we contemplate and we meditate and we take time. And and it's not that those things are wrong; they may be gifts from God. But but what we give our mind to when it comes to the living God. Is, is massively important in terms of Absolutely. the way our hearts are directed. Yeah. Even Anna Braiding's song that we sang at the end, Born to Love You. Yes. It's yeah. a phenomenal says song. It, I says love it. It so well. Uh, and we are born to love him. Yes. We weren't just born to think about him. Totally, or, totally. Uh, obey him, yes. even though all those things are wonderful. Or believe in him in some kind of, you know, sort of... Have some knowledge of him. Yeah, exactly. But yeah. we were born to love him. Our emotions, our affections were intended Absolutely. to be stirred towards yes. who yeah. God is. Yeah. I do really enjoy singing Anna's song. Yeah. Um, born to love you it's on spotify yes because it just this is who i am yeah i was made for you all yes. that you are satisfies my soul yes. oh, it's just a wonderful song so is, yeah. thank we you need more songs like that writing that song yeah. and we, we do have a distraction but there are some very talented songwriters amongst us aren't yeah. there? and i just love yeah. that we sing you're talking about me songs. again i am talking about yeah, you thank you i'm undiscovered so far but i'm you know on a side Naomi Dawson introduced the firecracker Katie Virgo on Instagram Live, and I've yeah. got the firecracker Joel Virgo, and this is a firecracking yeah. Thank you. Wow. Um, <laughs> I think talking, uh, let's, let's have a look at some of the idols that can come in our way of worshipping God. I think for me, one of the idols, and I've, it's been a fascinating season because in, in a way this idol could have reared its ugly head and been amplified, is the whole idol of hustling and being busy uh-huh. and achieving and yeah. accomplishing. For me, that's a big one. Yes. Um, where... I can place. I can get distracted by my, by being productive, yeah. which is not a bad thing in itself. You, sure. you, you want to bear fruit, and the Bible yes, talks yes, about yes. cultivating our talents. But just the for this the second lockdown that we are in now has made me the, the first lockdown or the first see, the first bit of the pandemic was crazy. It was I was very very busy. Yeah, uh, and lots of us were, were very busy. But it, in a strange way. It, at least at the, at the start of lockdown, we thought, hey, I'm going to have a bit more time on my hands. Let me see how much more I can achieve and accomplish and how much more can I hustle. Um, but through, a, in some ways, I didn't, I didn't burn out, but through a process of just getting exhausted and saying, hold on a second, this will just carry on for as long as I let it carry on. I yeah. can always make sure that I'm busy. Yes. This season, the second lockdown has been out. Do you know what? I'm not going to get busy. Mm. Uh, I'm going to actually enjoy some of the free, the, the, yes, yes. The, the time I have on my hands. I'm going to enjoy kids being back in school and working from home, which, yeah, is, uh, yeah. which, aff- which affords other opportunities, yeah. like having coffee with my wife in the middle of the day. Yeah. Um, what are some of the the idols that, that you think as millennials, as um, post-millennials, are people who... Um, now, what would be some of the during the pandemic, some of the idols that could rear its head? Anything, any observations? Yeah, um, gosh, it's a it's a good question. I, I must, uh, I'd have to think a little quick in terms of. I, I think, I think that it's it seems to me that during during lockdown, for many of us, it's 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 more internal stuff. Um, our own importance our own pride our own egos uh, i think we're very aware of ourselves during lockdown and and because our relationships are all shifted in terms of how they function and how we can be around people and and um and the subject of conversation and the the rearrangements of our lives a lot of the the the, the collateral is is that we are slightly less sure of ourselves and and 
when you're not sure about the future, you're not sure about your um, salary, your job, you're not sure about your, um, your value to other people, you're not sure about um, relationships that may have changed a little and so on, you're, you're, the temptation is to, um, to really try to rush to hold up the idol of our, our pride and our importance and, uh, and to nurse our sometimes self-pity, sometimes our... It, I, I think it's all... It, th those kinds of things are sort of features of a, of a certain kind of idolatry, I suppose. It's a, it's a little bit more internal, a little bit less obvious, but it's, it's dangerous because we might end up doing, saying, thinking things that are very destructive, but because, not because of anything wise, but because we feel we ought to, we, we, need, we need people to respect or notice or love us. And uh, I, I find most of my big mistakes in life have been built around that, have been me, my, my ego kind of holding the steering wheel a bit and uh, do it, making me do things that looking back, I think I didn't need to do that or say, I just, that wasn't my business. But I, so I would say a lot of it is internal stuff um, and maybe it's less, less, less obvious, but it's very important that we watch that. Somebody just commented, you need a rest ethic as much as a work ethic. Yeah. That's a great quote. That's Having good. a rest ethic, just building rest into lives is, is wonderful. Yeah, yeah. Um, if you've if you found that there's um, idols in your life, so uh, this is not just you personally or, or me personally, talking to the people who are, who are watching this, if you've discovered an idol in your life, you know what would you say is the best way to overcome it? Or not the best way, but what are some ways we can do to overcome idols in our lives? Yeah, I think I think we need to um, ask for help from God, and often I, I would say the way that God helps us will be through wise brothers and sisters who He will use to speak to us. So I think opening things up with people who we trust, who do love Jesus, who we can say, I, I think this is a problem. I think this is beginning to be a big deal. Help me. Help me to see it rightly. Be honest with me. Don't just be nice to me. Um, you know, help me to see if this is something I really need to repent of. Because sometimes we, we lack, we, like I said, you know, our self-awareness goes down and we can see things wrongly. So I think wise, genuinely good listeners who know when something is, they know us and they can, they can see, oh yeah, no, that's, that's definitely become an issue in your life and we've watched it and now it's so good that you've seen it. You know? mm. So I think conversations that are honest and humble and I think asking God through that to help us to see the seriousness of it, to see the hurt that we might cause other people. Sometimes we cherish a way of behaving, thinking that it's okay. Yeah, it's just me. It's just my style. You know, God doesn't mind it. I've never, you know, he's, he doesn't seem to have a have a problem with it. But meanwhile, you know, our family or our friends, they they're in pain all the time. They find it really painful the way that we do our thing. Mm. You know, it's just me. Well, they wish it wasn't you. They wish you would stop being it. Um, so I think. Uh, Asking God and friends to just help you to see the real proportions. We lose a sense of proportion to see the, the wake that we're leaving, see the pain that we're causing a little bit more clearly, which is a, that in itself is very painful too. That, that's, it's not pleasant going through that process. But then that's why we also need, maybe as a third piece, we need to see the goodness and grace of God. Mm. And the, the wonderful thing is it's kind of the, the, the solution, it's kind of the poison and the cure in a sense. When we see the... The, 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 the holiness of God, it's, it can make us recoil, but actually we also start to be drawn because we realize his arms are reaching out to receive, to forgive, to show incredible grace. I, I think no one is going to... Sinai is quite a powerful story because you see that, like I said in the sermon, you see the resolve of a religious heart. You know, all these things we will do, and the law will get that out of people. 
Law will make people often say, yeah, okay, we'll, we'll obey, we'll do what you said. Um, but, but their hearts are not, they don't know this God they're talking to. They don't really know him. They're like, a, they've been called into a wedding, a marriage, and they're, they, they haven't really, they've still got a distrustful attitude to him. They don't, they don't see his value and his worth. And uh, I think when we start to see idols in heart, we need to start to see the God who is the better idol. You won't really be, you won't really be cured mm. until in your heart you start to treasure and enjoy the, the wonderfulness of God. Brilliant. What a wonderful way to come to an end. Any, uh, any books that you're reading that, or that you would recommend to people that you'd point people towards to just cultivate a love for God and seeing more I, of him? You know, it's, it's, it's a huge question. And I, I, I think, um, I think I'd have to try and, uh, force myself to just, just, just top of my head things, but you can do it. You can do it. I can do it. I can do it. Everyone is talking about Dane Ortland's book this oh, year. Yeah. So gentle and lowly, which is a wonderful presentation of, of, of the heart of Jesus, what, what he's really like. And, uh, that will do you some, it will help you to just see. And I think books by Michael Reeves, the good God and Christ, our life, which, which are both similar. They all talk about those three books all, all go down similar avenues. It's all connected importantly. But uh, I, would, I would mention those three. Brilliant. Thanks so much, mate. Um, one of the big things that we would encourage people to do is uh, live this out in, in small group and in community. Uh, often your small group leaders in your community would be a good place for you to talk through some of your idols and talk through some of the ways. Uh, we're not meant to do this by ourselves. We're meant to do this within community. And mm. even though we're not meeting physically, our groups are meeting on Zoom uh, and online. Yep, so bimanual.com slash small groups. If you're in a small group, we've got a few questions for your discussion today. The first one is, what's the craziest thing you've done that you never thought you'd do? The second one is, seasons of trial reveal the heart. We're all in a season of trial this year. What does this look like for you? And number three, what is helping you to resist idols and connect with Jesus in this season these questions will be in your site leaders email to you that'll come out later today uh have a lovely sunday good to have you with us joel Thank you, and too. we will see you next time